Welcome to James Explores the New Mutants, the podcast that, you guessed it, explores, explains, and examines the comic book series The New Mutants, its rebranding, relaunches, and spinoffs in an attempt to share my passion for this series, its characters, writers, and artists. In this episode, we'll be exploring issue number five, entitled Heroes. It's the New Mutants and Team America. Nuff said. So what, or who, is Team America, you might be asking? Well, luckily for you, I've got that answer. Now, Team America was Marvel's attempt to uh, get the rights to a non-comic book-related material, uh, which was something that Marvel was big in big at doing throughout the late 70s, early 80s. We see a lot of this. Um, Star Wars is a good example. Um, Rom Space Night, Kith, um, and US-1 are some examples. Now, Star Wars, Kith, they were pretty successful. And then you have a moderate success like Rom, Rom Space Night and an absolute failure uh, with, in my mind, an absolute failure with US-1 and Team America, there might be others that disagree with that, but that's my my take on it. Um, US One's a rem- remote-controlled toy truck that they make into a comic. Now, Team America, uh, that was an attempt by Ideal Toys to replace their Evil Knievel toy line. Uh, Evil Knievel in the late 70s, he's a motorcyclist stuntman who does some pretty wild stuff, uh, had done some pretty wild stuff and was pretty popular at the time, well, extremely popular at the time. Uh, he had gotten six months for battery in the late 70s. Not the exact person you want to represent toys. You know, you want to try to be selling toys of. So Ideal Toys decides it's we got, we got to rebrand these toys because they've got these extra toys that are just sitting around in warehouses. They have to sell them, otherwise they're going to take a huge loss. So what they do is they throw new paint jobs on them. You end up with a red, a white, and a blue toy. Well, Marvel gets the rights to these toys, and that become known as Team America, and they, and they make a comic about them. Uh, and and they f- these characters first appear in Captain America 269 uh, in May of 1982. Captain America writer J.M. DeMathis uh, is quoted saying that Team America was, quote, another one of we kind of got forced into doing, end quote. So it's an editorial mandate in a large degree. Like, writers and artists weren't, like, clamoring to, to take on Team America. No, this is something that came from Jim Shooter. Uh, Stan Lee and Jim Shooter are both uh, trying to incre- increase some sort of sales, make profits any way they possibly can. Uh, the comic industry, it, you know, you look at the back issues, and it seems like it was doing really well. Uh, Marvel was struggling at the time, and they were trying to cut weight, and they were trying to find ways to become profitable. Um, and and whatever, I think my personal opinion of Jim Shooter aside, like they were doing whatever they could to continue this, like prevent Marvel from being shut shut down. They they wanted it to they wanted to continue putting out uh, comics. So this is what you end up with: a lot of stuff like this, ways to try to make quick cash. Um, 
like I said, these toys, uh, these characters showed up in Captain America, and then uh, they ended up getting their self-titled series, which was canceled after 12 issues. Um, so there are the characters that are on Team America are Cowboy, Luke Merriweather. He's equally adept at riding motorcycles and rodeo, so he's a multi-talented threat. Uh, Honcho, James McDonald, he was a former CIA agent, and kind of like the leader of the team, Are You Ready? Winthrop Roan Jr. He's a disinherited millionaire, son of a millionaire, and he wants to be a rock star. He's also super talented at riding motorcycles. Wolf, we don't know his name. He's a nomadic biker. He's super mysterious. He's got a lot of facial hair, and Roberto da Costa really idolizes him. Wrench, Leonard Hebb. He's a mechanical genius, and he does the repairs and uh, can uh, he he uh, redesigns their bikes, right? So he's a mechanical genius, uh, super whiz. Um, Georgiana Castleberry, sorry, Castleberry, she uh, is the girlfriend and later the wife of Wrench. And oftentimes she becomes the host of something that is known as a dark rider, also known as uh, the Marauder. And you might be like, host of a dark rider? What, what the heck are you talking about? Well, what I'm talking about is these, uh, the five members of Team America's mutant ability. So individually, these characters don't have a mutant, mutant abilities. Collectively, they do. Together, these members can project their project the persona of the Marauder, aka the Dark Rider, onto a host, and the host has no memory of this occurring. And the Dark Rider has all of the the individual members' abilities. So. The Dark Rider rides the motorcycle as well as each one, like, each of these individuals' combined ability to ride on the motorcycle. So he rides it times five, basically, five times better than just Wolf alone, right? Because he rides it as well as all of them combined. Um, he is an excellent thief, an excellent mechanic. He is a great leader because he takes all of their strengths and their traits when this character, the Dark Rider, takes on those abilities. <clears throat> um, and how did they end up with these great powers? And why does Hydra hate them so much? Well, we didn't really need to know this, but I'm going to tell you. Hydra dislikes them so much because they initially... Uh, were experiments. They want Hydra was looking to create super agents um, to serve Hydra, obviously, and they wanted mutant children to fill this role. So what they did is they took on, took these mothers into this program called New Genesis, and they uh, exposed the mothers to mutagenic agents. And um, apparently, it was just these five individuals' mothers that that it really had any effect on, and so these five individuals uh, became mutants <laughs> after birth. Surprise, surprise, right? Um, apparently, they're the only five that, was, that this project was successful uh, on. 
And yeah, that's kind of your backstory to Team America. They're mutants. Xavier's going to help them gain better control in the in these issues of New Mutants. Uh, shortly after this is um, after this issue is pub, these issues are published. Uh, Marvel loses the rights to Team America, and we're going to see in Thing Twenty Seven the team renamed Thunder Riders. So there you go, Team America. The issue opens at the Xavier Institute for Gifted Youngsters. We are in Xavier's study, and we see Xavier gripping his head, his face wrinkled in pain as he lets out a cry. He falls to the floor, knocking books from his desk. He lands with a thud. Lalandra runs into his study, cradling him in his arm in her arms. He, he talks about this pain in it that he feels every time he tries to walk, possibly being psychosomatic. But he's unsure and doesn't understand why. His body was cloned when, during the brood saga. At the end, a brood embryo had, had taken over his body. It was a young brood queen, and the X-Men managed to defeat it. But instead of killing it immediately... They were able to save his mind and transfer his mind into the body of a clone that the Starjammers were able to create on board, uh, aboard the Starjammer. And this preserved Xavier's life, and they were able to defeat the brood. When he tried to walk ever since that happened, he's had pain, he's been able to walk, and it doesn't make sense because... His legs are no longer crushed. They, they, they should be fine. They're, they're fully healed. He should be able to walk, but he's been unable to. And every time he tries, he falls, and, and it feels immense pain. And he thinks it's probably a mental issue, a mental block of some sort. But Lalandra's starting to question if maybe it's something wrong with the body itself. Maybe something physically is wrong with the body. Amongst all this discussion, he begins to realize that he no longer has a telepathic connection with his students. They're, not, they're out with, with Stevie Hunter at the fair, and he's, he's terrified. He feels extremely helpless. A man that has relied so heavily upon his telepathic abilities, a man that, that is one of the most telepathic minds on the planet, if not the most now, no, now lo, no longer has that to rely upon, he is probably... He describes it as feeling helpless. I'm sure he's terrified. So amongst all this fear, a man that has, since the Silver Age, communicated with his team using telepath telepathy, uh, the, the original X-Men, the second generation, now the New Mutants, he, this is very common for him, and now it's gone, and he isn't sure what's happening with his students, and that concerns him, and, and probably greater... And more so, he has fear for not having his ability, something he relies so heavily on. And and his Lilian, Liliandra tries to comfort him in this moment of fear. She she's, reminds him that the students are with Stevie Hunter and that she's fully capable of caring for them. The best thing he can do for the people he's concerned about is rest. And, and that... Hopefully, will and 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 if he can do that, his his powers will surely return uh, momentarily. But he just he needs to rest and relax. Elsewhere, at the county fair, 
The New Mutants, Sam Guthrie, Danny Moonstar, Roberto da Costa, Rain Sinclair, and Shane Coyman, all with Stevie Hunter, are enjoying themselves at the fair. They've been through a lot lately, helping their teacher who had been stalked and helping to feed the brood that had uh, infested Xavier's body. They, they have earned a rest. And they are just enjoying themselves. Whatever you think you might be doing at the fair, they're doing. Uh, playing games, uh, eating cotton candy and other treats, winning prizes, and, 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 and enjoying rides. Uh, they are just being teenagers and seem to really be enjoying this. Roberto, he spots an pl- airplane. It's a biplane uh, with a propeller, and the pilot's giving rides. Uh, he asks if anyone would enjoy to would like to join him uh rain's scared and, and stevie's not interested in heights either uh but but danny moonstar takes him up on the offer it's it's a two pilot it's a two-seat plane up uh, the pilot sits in the back and the front seat is for the passenger and and roberto squeezes in next to danny and the pilot just does his thing he does a couple barrel rolls he uh climbs higher and higher danny is uh, letting out shrieks. She is excited and terrified at the same time, um, and she scroots closer to her classmate and uh, holds on to him for dear life. He doesn't mind it at all. Um, Roberto really likes the ladies, and he likes to be... He likes the idea that he is chivalrous and powerful and masculine. Right, he is a man's man, and uh, he 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 cares about being a man, uh, magnum pi, and women. Those are the things he really cares about, and this is a role that he really enjoys. And and we also see this like playful flirtation and enjoyment of each other's company from all the characters on the team. They kind of these relationships are being navigated and nobody's really sure what's going to happen. It, it's almost like, uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, almost like a episode of Real World, you know, uh, these first couple issues where this team is finding its way and these characters are kind of learning how to interact with each other and what their relationships are going to be like. And, and here we have characters kind of navigating is this a friendship or is this a relationship or is this just us uh, enjoying each other's company and and i really really do kind of dig that as much as i hate to say that i can relate the new mutants to to the real world it uh it does kind of remind me of that which i guess tells you the listener that that i i have watched quite a bit of real world um I will say this is better, though. Um, but yeah, let's get back to that story. Uh, you know, they they enjoy this airplane ride. Stevie, uh, who had been asked by Sam if she would be interested, uh, quickly declines. Um, the plane lands, and, and the group uh, begins to go towards uh, the, the, the fairground stadium. Later, still at the fair, we see the new mutants have come across... Uh, three motorcyclists uh and roberto's super excited he's really really jazzed about this he he tells his teammates uh classmates 
oh my gosh, it's Team America, right? He's like just super excited about this. Um, he, t- he explains, you know, before I came to school, they, they performed uh, in Rio de Janeiro, and I, and I got to see them, and they're the greatest motorcycles, motorcyclists I've ever seen. Um, they're magnificent. And he, he t- points out the three team members who, who are there. He, he tells his teammates that one's Cowboy, Are You Ready?, and El Lobo, the wolf. Uh, Roberto wants to go get an autograph, and so that's what he does. He approaches him and gets an autograph from Cowboy. Uh, El Lobo's uh, really gruff, and, and, he, and he tells Roberto to basically take a hike, and uh, they're off to, you know, just uh, great great uh a great relationship um and so uh stevie hunter tells the students hey let's go along let's go to the grandstand and and we'll be seated and we'll and we'll get a seat we'll, we'll watch team america uh and so and they head off to the grandstand but we see this shadowy silhouette this dark silhouette watching team america and the new mutants um she this figure looks like a woman because of the hair uh the silhouette's hair and we and we see these giant binoculars the silhouette's holding um it's they're ridiculous but anyways just know that they're being watched the new mutants take their seats in the grandstand and the show starts and um team america they're dirt bike riders and motorcyclists right they're, they're here to put on a show and 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 they do that they they're jumping over vw bugs popping wheelies just doing all sorts of tricks and each trick gets more death defying um just before they're about ready to wrap up they're going to do this a race around the track uh, and see who who wins and and the flags wave they they take off and then there's an explosion and it throws the bikes bikers uh off their bike uh as far as I can tell, nobody's hurt. They are they are stunned though, uh, and and as they're laying on the ground, stunned, trying to gather themselves, Hydra agents. These soldiers storm into the into the into the performance area of the of the grandstand, um, and and Sam he, he people are running. Remember, you know, imagine you know pretty much armed soldiers storming into uh, fairgrounds. People are panicked and running uh and, and sam guthrie he's he's ready for a fight and he and he moves that way uh shane stops him and he explains to her hey you know these guys are in trouble and that's our job that's our first goal is to to, to help people in need and these guys need our help right now and and she moment she hesitates momentarily and debates what they should do and, and she says go ahead and so the new mutants are in it uh sam guthrie cannon he he, he rockets using you know using his abilities uh rockets into a whole bunch of them knocking him all over the place uh this buys team america time to gather themselves they hop on their motorcycles and they run through a whole bunch of uh of these goons and, and send them flying as well karma possesses another one and has him shoot two two other agents uh before there's an explosion that stevie's able to 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 not karma out of the way of it should also be noted here that like this this agent this hydra agent was able to you know really fight his way free of her, her of karma's um uh, 
attempt to possess him. So that stunned her. And that's why she was a sitting duck and Stevie had to knock her out of the way of the explosion. Wolfsbane, uh, she tr- she transforms into Wolfsbane. Now here's a scene that's really odd. Uh, usually the new mutants are wearing their uniforms and, and they're made of unstable molecules. Uh, in this panel, and also with Sam's, really with the entire team, none of them transform into their, change into their uniforms. So apparently they're not wearing their uniforms, those unstable molecules, because when, and, and further example of this is that Wolfsbane, she transforms into Wolfsbane. She, she goes from the human to the wolf uh, form and, and her clothes shred off of her. So, she apparently wasn't wearing her unstable molecules. Anyway, she leaps into two other uh, hydrogens, and they go flying. Team America continues to fight, uh, knocking some more uh, thugs down. Um, and Roberto da Costa, in his form of Sunspot, uh, joins the fight. Two more silhouettes. The, that same silhouette, the f- feminine silhouette is joined by another of this bulking massive man and you you can tell it's a samurai from the silhouette and she she explains you know we need to you know we need to do something uh team america's being helped by these moons and our soldiers are being defeated if we're going to capture the dark rider uh i'm going to need we're going to need some help uh and and so silver samurai is the one who joins the fight he he's towering over um Stevie Hunter and Karma, who are gathering their senses since the explosion. Karma attempts to possess him, and he just, he's able to batter, he, he, before she's able to fully accomplish this, or, or through his own strength of will, he's able to resist, and, and he takes his scabbard with his sword and swats her to the side. Cannonball launches himself at, at uh, Silver Samurai, and he uses his, his saber in, in, in the scabbard and swats cannonball side just like a baseball player might bat a ball uh, cannonball goes flying uh, wolf pulls a gun from one of those hydra agents and he's getting ready to shoot the samurai and samurai throws a, a ninja star into the gun and it, and it destroys the gun and all of a sudden now we see this new new uh, character joining the fight and it's the Dark Rider. The Dark Rider's dressed in all black and, and riding a, a souped-up bike. Uh, comes racing towards the Silver Samurai. Silver Samurai takes his stance and draws his sword, and it glows white-hot with its energy. Uh, as the bike approaches, Silver Samurai, at the last minute, steps to the side, slashing at the bike, cutting the front tire off. The Dark Rider flies past, Landing on the rear wheel, continuing to, to, to ride with the with the front end up, uh, essentially as it popping a wheelie, recovering, effortlessly almost. Uh, Silver Samurai launches two, uh, Silver Stars, uh, Ninja Stars, and they both make contact with the engine of the bike, disabling it and causing the rider to crash. Uh, Silver Samurai approaches. The dark, the dark rider, who's now laying motionless on the ground. He he kneels down next to the rider, removing the the black helmet, and he's shocked. He's he's absolutely floored. It's it's a woman. How could it be a girl? 
by all the gods. A girl. So he's stunned. But so are we because the girl, we recognize her. We, the reader, recognize it, uh, this, this woman. And it's, it's Danny Moonstar. Danny Moonstar has become the Dark Rider. Uh, Roberto and, and Wolfbane are close at hand and, and they both charge the Silver Samurai. Roberto, in his sunset spot form, is attempting to save his classmate uh, who is now in the arms of a Silver Samurai. He leaps at Silver Samurai yelling, he's Danny, he's got Danny! Uh, and he dives and, and his hand sweeps through thin air and he lands in a mud puddle. The Silver Samurai has, has teleported away. Uh, the new mutants begin to gather. Uh, Sam sees Stevie Hunter holding uh, Shane Koi Man. Uh, and he asks her, is, is she okay? And, and she says, yeah, yeah, she'll be okay. I, I think she's just concussed. concussed. Uh, and, and Stevie Hunter says, you know, I can see Roberto and Rain. And, you know, the only person I can't see is Danny. Do, do you know where Danny's at? And, and Sam's exclaims he, he doesn't know. Danny's gone. Elsewhere, later, Psyche was asking pretty much the same questions her teammates were asking. Like, she doesn't know where she is, and she enters this room. It's really dark. All of a sudden, lights come on, and it's it's blinding. She, But she now, you know, as her eyes adjust to the light, she, she can see across the room there's this motorbike, and she goes to it. Uh, all of a sudden, these giant metal... Uh, spiked, you know, hoops uh, come careening at her. She gets on the bike, she, but she can't get it started. Uh, she There's so many controls, she's just not sure what to do. And she jumps from the bike just before it's crunched um, by this giant metal disc. Um, and, and she's laying there, she's dodging, trying to get out of the way, uh, but she's unable to. And all of a sudden, this giant metal disc thing stops just before it crushes her and this giant uh in the doorway this this figure says arise follow me uh it's it's the silver samurai and she's not sure what's going on uh she doesn't know if this this thing knows uh, this man knows that she's she's a mutant or not uh but but she goes with him she she figures she could probably use her powers to to get away you know to pull the deepest fears from him but but she's not certain where she's at and and it, she might get away momentarily but surely they just get capture her again uh, she needs to know more of what's going on before she's going to try to attempt to escape and so she goes up to this control booth um and and we see viper uh standing at the controls and uh, she asks Danny for her name. She Danny tells her Daniel Moonstar, and Viper's intrigued. She she's like, you know, you know, you you don't seem, you know, to know how to control the motorbike, even though you did, you had done so well previously. It just seems like you have no idea what's going on. And Danny's like, well, that's true. I don't. And she's like, well, that can't be true because I watched you you know, masterfully ride that bike, and, uh, y- you know, I, dem- I, and, and Danny's like, well, that's, that's crazy, and she tells her, well, that's true, and I demand to know what your connection to Team America is, and she says, I don't, Danny replies, I don't have any, 
than I, you know, explain your appearance as a dark rider. And, and Danny's just more and more confused. And as this questioning is continuing, Danny is getting more and more confused and more anxious and more and more worried and more terrified, probably. And all of a sudden, she really she loses control of her abilities that she's been trying to really prevent. She's not wanting it, that her her powers to manifest right now. She doesn't want to pull mem- anything out of these out of these people. And 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 she but she does. She pulls an image out of this three dimensional image out of uh, the darkest fears uh, of viper and it's it's a memory it's a dark memory from from viper's days in europe during during the war and and she's a a, a helpless woman uh, according to uh, claremont's um narration here uh psyche's powers to create three-dimensional holographic images of her subject's most primal joy or terror. In Viper's case, a reminder of the woman she once was, lost, vulnerable, helpless, wandering alone through the ruins of war-torn Europe. It isn't a pleasant memory. And Viper, you know, shields her face and she bats Danny away, calling her a witch. Danny's thrown against the the wall and, and she sits, she slumps down on the floor and, and Viper's incensed. She's enraged, and she tells uh, Danny that she's eventually going to pay with her life as she pulls the gun and points it at Danny, who's laying there somewhat helpless at this point. Um, elsewhere, at Xavier's, Charles Xavier has been trying to reestablish his uh, psychic link with Danny, Danny uh, but is on unable to, even with the assistance of his computer Cerebro, um, which is a psionic amplifier. Um, he uses it oftentimes to locate mutants, um, and it's, it's, he's unable to do it. So that either means that she's really far away or, uh, something is shielding her from him. Um, and, and, uh, the other person that, that it shows up is Colonel Rossi. Remember, we saw him in issue number two. He's back, and he's provided Xavier with some more information. Uh, one about about one uh, the two villains, uh, Viper and uh, Silver Samurai. We know that he's proficient in martial arts and that he uses an energy sword, which we already knew as the readers. Uh, his uh, name is his name is uh, Kenichiro. Harada, I knew it's Harada, I just, I can't pronounce his first name, um, sorry about that, uh, and Viper, you know, she, she was a, was formerly the Madame Hydra, the first woman ever to achieve that position, she's really intelligent, ruthless, brilliant, and deadly, uh, has a knack for survival, because she was supposed to be dead, uh, in an explosion that happened earlier, uh, a couple weeks back in Illinois, um, the Dark Rider, it just he this character, as Rossi informs us that we something we didn't know was that he uh, shows up whenever Team America needs him and disappears whenever he is no longer needed, uh, and he's a master of he's he's a champion uh, motorcyclist, uh, uh, expert at electronics, and uh, a thief. You know he can. You name it, he does it. 
Um, and he does it really well, according to Colonel Rossi. And Xavier's like, well, Danny doesn't do any of those things. So how could, you know, why would she have shown up as a dark rider? And Sam's like, well, you know, why would she be wearing his costume? And, and Xavier's, well, like, there might be something more here because she, you, you told me that she was riding extremely well. Like, we all know that she, she's not a motorcyclist. She doesn't do that sort of thing. So it's really unlikely that there must be something else going on here. And he goes to Cerebro to to test his hypothesis. And there's a brilliant uh, thought bubble here from uh, Stevie Hunter as she's watching Xavier uh, search for answers using Cerebro. I know Xavier's a good man, but at times like this, I feel like I'm staring the demon from the Fantasia's Night on the Bald Mountain. How can anyone wield such power and not be corrupted? And I really like this because, you know, he he is corrupted by it. Like, that's my argument. Like, we only have to go back an episode. I mean, he just willfully erased part of someone's memory with his mind. And that's not the first time he'd ever done it. He used his powers. You know, he, he you know, Gabriel Haller's another example. And there are examples his history with the X-Men is fraught with examples similar to those where he used his power in a way that is morally great, if not completely unacceptable. But he does it quite often. And and a lot of it serves, you know, the editorial needs, right? There's a story to be told, and this is a tool in telling that story. And so we see some of this happening but he is certainly not this beautiful angel as as we 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 know as we've seen um but anyways back to the story uh he's figured it out um but he doesn't tell us but we're going to find out that the team america they're mutants and so Xavier decides we're going to go track these guys down. We need more answers. Um, meanwhile, in uh, Washington, D.C., a Mr. McDonald is woken from his sleep by Viper and the silhouette behind her of the Silver Samurai. She's holding a gun on him. Apparently she had pulled this from underneath his pillowcase. He asks... She she informs him, you you are you are going to contact Team America. You are going to break into an impenetrable fortress in New Mexico, and uh, deep within the Sierra uh, Madre Mountains, I guess it's in Mexico. Excuse me, and steal a certain object. He's like, why should I? Because if you don't, I'm going to kill a young woman. And, you know, he's like, I don't believe you. That's, you're full of shit. And she's like, I guess you'll just have, you know, I guess you'll just find out. And and Daniel will have to, you know, she'll she'll pay with her life. And he, and he tells her to wait, that he's going to go through with it because he, he can't have that on his conscience. And he, he has, uh, she leaves him with 24 hours 
uh, to contact his teammates and complete his mission. And we find out that Mr. McDonald is Honcho, and he's one of the members, the riders of the of the uh, Team America, one we have yet to meet. So really in this comic, what we're doing, we're getting Team America back together. So I'm so grateful that they've... It's just going to come out, I guess, now. Uh, I really don't like Team America. I think it's a terrible team, and I really am disappointed that it was brought into the New Mutants. Uh, because what what we accomplish in these two issues of the New Mutants is getting the team back together. Instead of getting the new mutants back together, instead of forwarding their story, which, I mean, it does, but in two issues, in this first issue, we've gotten the band back together for the Team America, a team that I find ridiculous. Like, I'm not a big fan of motorcycle guys riding around you know like if you want to have a comic getting this team back together you know put it in daredevil i don't need it in new mutants um and i doubt it helped the sales of the new mutants to have this team show up in it uh it might have helped team america (sighs) that all being said (laughs) as lame as these motorcycle guys are in my opinion uh it is part of the story so we're going to forge ahead and uh what we we find is uh honcho he he does get a hold of his teammates and they they gather at his apartment uh they're all there uh, ratchet the mechanic and his uh bride or girlfriend georgiana uh mr uh wolf El Lobo, uh, Cowboy, and Are You Ready? And, uh, you know, they're talking about this mission, and they're trying to decide what what they're going to do. Um, and then there's a knock at the door, and they're ready for a fight. They figure it's probably, you know, get the lights out. It's probably Viper, you know, and, and they're ready for a fight. And uh, the door opens, and we see Charles Xavier sitting there, he tells them there's no reason to fight, and that he introduces himself. So Xavier explains to Team America that in a moment of extreme danger, any one of their members of Team America can summon uh, their combined abilities and uh, create this dark rider. And this this form possesses a host. In this case, it was Danny Moonstar, and it submerges that host's personality beneath the Dark Rider persona. Uh, and, and like, that's, that's what happened. And, and in this process, Daniel Moonstar, their, his student, was, was taken hostage by Viper. Uh, and so Xavier, he's here to tell, he's telling them he's going to train them to, to control, uh, to, to better handle their mutant abilities. Uh, they're not super excited about this and that stuff, uh, and it's and it's Wolf who just keeps poking, poking, poking. He started at the fair and he's continued to do it, and he does it here twice to Roberto. And finally, Roberto Costa loses his cool, and he and, and his sunspots perform. He takes Wolf and he throws up against the wall. He's he's getting ready to just pound his head in. Uh, 
Xavier is able to exert control. And he explains to them, you know, it's with it's basically he's telling them with great power comes great responsibility. You know, like he in his mind, they're no better than Viper. They're actually worse because Viper chooses to do harm and 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 that. But with with these mutants and with any mutant that doesn't have proper control of their abilities, like they just can't be bothered or you know they don't care enough to control their abilities and and he thinks that's worse uh so he he's telling them you don't really have a choice i'm teaching you how to control these abilities um and and this leads once again to uh an exchange uh with between roberto da costa and and wolf and Finally, Xavier has his students leave, and he stays and continues the discussion with Team America. Uh, outside, Sam's unhappy. The whole team is really upset. Uh, they don't understand why Xavier cares about Team America. They're just a bunch of bozos. Um, Roberto's venting about how Wolf was his favorite. Uh, just as an aside, a little aside here, uh, Wolf's got a shit ton of facial hair. He's got like mutton chops uh, and a and a handlebar mustache. Uh, Tom Selleck, who's Magnum PI, he's got that badass mustache. Roberto definitely has some attraction to masculine men with facial hair. Uh, so, as far as I know, he's never had facial hair, but you think he would. Um, just just putting that out there. Anyways, Roberto's really upset about Wolf. He he looked up to him, idolized him, and now he's find out he's found out that Wolf's a jerk. Um and and Karma's like, you know, she's really in agreement with her teammates. Like, how can Xavier train these this team America, but also help Danny. Like he's only he's he's a physical being. He can't be in two places at once. Um, and you know, as all this is going on and these exchanges are occurring, he he mind calls them and he tells uh, his teammates or his students, the New Mutants, "Hey, I'm gonna you know train uh, Team America. I'm gonna get them, help them learn to control their abilities." That's going to buy us time so that I can summon the X-Men and the X-Men will take care of this. What what needs to happen is you just... Right now, Team America is the priority uh, and, and you just need to stay out of the way uh, so, that, so that we can bring Danny home safe. His plan is to use Team America as a decoy and have the X-Men come in and clean up the mess. That is not what his his students really want to want to hear you know um he they they demand that he does something more to help danny and this exchange between uh xavier and the students just doesn't go very well roberto's super angry you know he doesn't he's really upset you know not wasn't that it was just last issue that he's telling his, his that xavier is telling the students hey you know I care about you, and I want you to stay at the school. And and here, Roberto's seeing it as like, we don't even you don't even care about our lives. Like our teammate is you know is in is really in danger and might lose her life. And and you're gonna go and train these bozos, bozo motorcyclists. Uh, 
Shane's done listening to this. She has made a decision. They are going. They're going to take care of the situation. If Xavier wants to train these mutants, try to get a hold of the X Men. That's fine. But the new mutants aren't just going to stand around and and wait and see what happens. They're going to to do something. They're going to help their teammate. They're going to, you know, save Danny. Uh, and and the last the last panel on the on, in the issue, it's. Ex- it, it, shot of Xavier's head and he's got and there's a thought bubble and this I just is ridiculous but I'll I'll read the thought bubble how brave they are how ready to rush headlong into the abyss in blissful ignorance of their peril of perils awaiting them I have seen two X-Men die I want to spare the new mutants from this grim reality but that is impossible now I will do my best for them and Team America and pray that if any life must be sacrificed in this venture, let it be mine. And that's that's the end of this issue. But that is just such a ridiculous thought. He has told us time and time again throughout this start of the series that he doesn't want the team, to the new mutants, to be superheroes. He wants them to be students just learning to control their powers. Here he he chooses to let them do their thing. And he may not have said, you need to go save Danny. He may not have told them that. But um, by just sitting there idly by, doing nothing, knowing that this is their response and not having stepped out and and tried to prevent it, um, by letting them just go outside on their own, like understanding their, where they were at mentally and how hot under the collar, especially Roberto was, that he would just you know, assume that they, that they wouldn't react, that he, that he could just sit back and train this group of misfit mutants that have no ability to really c- control their powers, like that 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 team could then be of service in helping Danny. Like you would think he would use what he had, that he would have contacted the X-Men right away. He did none of those things. Instead, he's going to focus on Team America and just let his students do whatever. Um, and, and I'm going to point this out. These are students. These are teenagers. Shane Coy Man, Karma, is the oldest. She's 19. Sam Guthrie is 16. We have a 14-year-old and 13, two 13-year-olds, I think. I think that's the age range we're looking at. Um... In America, it's 18 to vote. <laughs> in some states, uh, most of the, half the team wouldn't be able to drive yet. None of them could rent a car. You could sign up for military service at 18, so one of them can join the military. Um, there's really not any adult supervision. I mean, you could argue that, that yeah, Shane Coy Man is considered legally an adult, but... Uh, I'm sure she's not making the best decisions of her life, and we're going to see that next issue, how that all pans out. Um, just going to put it, go out on a limb and say, Xavier, you are really not being very responsible, sir. Um, the next issue thing I have a problem with, you know, I already have expressed my dislike for Team of America. Um, I really, really hate Team America by the end of this issue. I hate them, and, and a large part it's due to Wolf. So Roberto's 13. He's a 13-year-old. And we have an adult male bullying a 13-year-old. That is Wolf. He is a bully. Not a bully to just anybody. He doesn't bully people his own age. No, he picks on kids. Really, 
Are you kidding? You're a hero. You're a superhero. You're a hero on a team. And and your shtick is to pick on kids? Like, wow. Are you kidding? What a joke. I, I don't like Wolf. I really don't like Wolf. And I know that you're looking to create conflict in this issue. That you know, the, the desire was to have conflict between Bobby and, and you know, this uh, this new team of uh mutants. But it's like I mean, oh, you just gotta be kidding me. I just don't get it. Like I just don't get it. Like he's threatening to spank him on one panel and then he's threatening to actually beat him up and like get into a fight with him. Just like are you are you have no control, like no perception of what you're dealing with here? Like, come on. Get a grip. Um yeah, I just really don't like Team America and and the end of this issue does nothing to help me with that. Um yeah. So, unsupervised children and a bully, an adult that's bullying children. Uh that's that's what this issue really pertains contains. Uh, you know, and and I get what what was being driven at. I just don't really like it. Uh, I don't, you know, it's also really kind of, I think I comical <laughs> that Xavier's talking about with great responsibility comes uh with great power comes great responsibility. Um you know, Xavier's got a situation where he should be more responsible and he is ignoring it. Yet he's lecturing people on what their responsibilities are. It's just so comical and ridiculous. And, you know, I look at this issue and it, it I just don't like Team America. I really don't. Uh, and, and I don't blame Bob McCloud for not wanting to be a part of this. It is a travesty and a joke. And, like, the story's not terrible. And I liked seeing, uh, especially the Silver Samurai and Viper, as villains in this. And the next issue, you know, the, this wraps up and it's... It, yeah, we'll see that it wraps up. And it it's a good story going forward. But... It's hard to digest the Team America stuff. It's such a, like, jarring experience, and it interrupts the story in a way that I don't know that it's intended. But like I said, I do like the villains in this issue and in the next issue. Um, I like that they appear in this comic. It does accomplish what it accomplishes. It, it, it does a good job of that. We see do see some new character growth, you know, but it is an issue that's about getting Team America, getting the band back together for another team, not even the New Mutants. We do get some character development, but it's about bringing Team America together and creating them more into a more cohesive unit. And what we have seen in the past from Chris Claremont when he was writing, you know, especially with his X-Men stuff, we see him resurrecting characters that, you know, really took a beating. Um, Carol Danvers is an excellent example of that. And in the Brood Saga, he takes a damaged really beat up Carol Danvers she's had her her persona ripped from her by Rogue and her powers ripped from her and what we see is she becomes binary and he restores her to a power you know this this place in the Marvel Universe of immense power and like I love that there was nothing he was going to do nothing he was going to write in these two issues of the New Mutants that was going to fix Team America like that was a bad idea 
And there was no way he was going to fix it. So if that's what they were looking for, is Chris Claremont to twist some things around and create some interesting story arcs and out of this spin out a really good uh, cohesive team. I just don't see that as even possible with this team. Um, No matter how talented and how amazing Chris Claremont is, is and was at this time it just wasn't going to happen for team america uh so yeah ends up with a weird appearance of a team and a comic that's really looking to find its footing and this really interrupts the process um you still accomplish things like we do get this really it's a pretty good arc even without if you can just take team america out of it it's a great arc um and we're going to see one of the, the new mutants, one of the members of the team, is no longer going to be around after the last, next issue. So, like, there's a big change coming. And once we get to uh, Nova Roma, which is a couple episodes out, this, this episode, or this issue, these, this, this series begins to find its footing and really, you know, finds its tone and its voice. And then we get an artist on the book, uh, Bill Sinkevich and and you know it's a thing of beauty it's a thing of beauty Uh, and I can't wait to get there but we gotta get through this slog first and then we'll get into Nova Roma so the next issue uh, is Road Warrior and like I said one of our uh, teammates will no longer be in the will 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 be missing from the book after this. So uh I hope you turn in next uh next for the next issue, Road Warriors. James Explores the New Mutants is, as always, recorded in Iowa City, Iowa, and produced by myself using the Anchor app. New episodes are available every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. You can reach the podcast on Twitter at Explore New Mutant or via email at ExploreTheNewMutants at gmail.com. Anchor has this awesome voicemail feature, which allows you, the listener, to record about minute-long questions or comments and send them directly to my voicemail box, um, and which I can then take and add directly into the podcast and then answer those directly on air. Um, it's a great way for you listeners to become involved, and I highly com- encourage it. I love, uh, I love involvement, obviously. Um, so f- please feel free to uh, hit me up on Twitter, send me emails, uh, or, or use the voicemail feature. However you want to get a hold of me is fine. I would be more than happy to answer questions, field comments, um, or answer concerns as well. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed doing this podcast as always. I really, really, really adore it. It's been great. Um, and I can't wait to get into next week's episode. So until then, keep reading those comics.